Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Hello everyone, welcome back to Leftover. This is Arjun. And I'm Connor. And yeah, for, this is our first main episode uh, after Rory has very sadly left us to join his internship at the Tesla Elon Musk Epic Reddit Foundation. And we obviously wish him all the best for that. Uh, no, but generally, Rory's uh, going to be starting his Masters uh, in, in September. Obviously, it's been a lot of fun and uh, very sad to see him go, but he's not going to have the time to commit. But uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, leftover version 3.0, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> moving forwards. Uh, relaunch after more relaunches than Keir Starmer on, a, <laughs> on an average Tuesday. Uh, but we keep trucking on, despite the fact that Elden Ring has more or less ruined my life and my brain <laughs> over the last two and a half weeks or so. Um, but yeah, we are doing a very special episode today, something that uh, I feel like we've, we've you know, wanted to talk about for a while and we've got plenty to say and we've got a great guest to, to talk about it with. Uh, many of you may know them as, as Ferment the Ridge, but it's Oli. Uh, how are you doing, Oli? Thank, thanks a lot for joining. Yeah, thank you um, so much for having me. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm just recovering from my day off. It's not a day off because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I um, just, just, just before we started recording, we were talking about how I didn't really get a lot of chance to do a huge amount of prep for this episode because of uh, the amount of work on the weekend. And I was just remembering how on... Uh, on on saturday i think i was on my way to work and i just got stopped outside co-op by this guy and he like pointed to his marxist bookstore and said tell me do you hate capitalism do you want to bring down the system and i and like i was just so sort of taken aback by the whole thing and i was already running late i was like 15 minutes late i think you forget all i could manage these booksellers and these newspaper stand runners like they still exist in the wild and you come across them every so often yeah and, then, and, when and even when they're not like the swp being like you know just some amazing well question, well they, that's they the thing exist. i mean it, oftentimes it is the swp yeah but at that time all i could manage was <laughs> just, i'm running late to work mate <laughs> I just walked up, and uh, yeah, yeah I think actually I run a, a really cool uh, intellectual uh, Marxist podcast. <laughs> I think you'll know that I actually do a podcast, uh, <laughs> but I think you could I, have compared that, um, what I know, have, uh, viewing figures versus listening listening figures. Who knows? Exactly. You know, maybe I should have could have given some pointers. Maybe should have maybe I should have asked this guy to become the the new leftover co-host. Maybe that's that's what the universe was trying <laughs> to tell me, and. Uh, I just branching out into out. the thriving world of left print. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, we're bringing back the pamphlets. Podcasts are the new political pamphlets, basically, anyway, right? So, uh, yeah. But uh, I, I do think that this says a lot about society, uh, <laughs> especially the fact that we're living in one. And it's a big one, too. 
<laughs> it is, it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, where do we even start? I mean, just in your opinion, Oli, just how fucked is the hospitality industry right now? <laughs> um, so I've been like working in and out of hospitality, customer service generally, but like hospitality is a specific thing. And mostly just like pubs and like bars for uh, close to a decade now. Um, and I'd say in some ways it's better than it's ever been. But in pretty much every other way, it's worse. Do you want to elaborate on that? So, I mean, I think like into, there's lots of there's lots of good stuff going on right now. I mean, like, you know, stuff we'll probably come on to talk about later. Um, I think like the growing, like the growing, the growth of the independent sector in a sense. And like more like there's more options, there's more choice. We've got better, um, yeah, you know, you know, you, you can go out and have fun in lots of different places. Places are a lot more inclusive than they used to be, I think. Like, there's a hell of a lot more space for different people, different cuisines, different kind of drinks, different kind of, like, all sorts of stuff. You know, there's different parts of various scenes, as it were, within hospitality are thriving culturally in one sense, but at the same time, we're all kind of hamstrung by circumstance and there's only going to be, there's only going to be more closures, more redundancies, more laying off, um, more like just, I mean, from, from, from my side of things, like as someone like me, I'm like, I'm, I'm a manager of a place, not just, you know, that makes me a traitor to my class. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, it's like, I see things from like both a, a working perspective because, you know, I run a business for someone else effectively. Um, mm. and at the same time, I'm like, I'm very close contact with a lot of people who are very small producers, um, uh, amongst, you know, some slightly more medium sized as it were, um, people. And basically everyone's just gone like, yeah, we've just come out of like the worst crisis that could have possibly happened. Um, and then the government goes like, oh, hey, remember that nice little thing we call energy? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, it's going to cost <laughs> you like 5,000 times more. Um, and also we're going to tax you some more. And also, like, oh, by the way, we found some money to, like, you know, ship guns to random Nazis in Ukraine, and like, <laughs> they've got they've got all, they've got money for all sorts of stuff. But like, if you're, you know, if you're someone, most of the people who work in hospitality, you know, if you're someone that's working class, you work shift work, you or you like work in any part of the supply chain, you've just come out of maybe the most horrific period of your employed career, um, in which your mm -hmm. precarity has been like never more pronounced and never more absurdly like apparent to you. And they've just kind of gone like, oh, yeah, so you think that was bad? Just you wait. Um, and obviously that was just like taking away all the support for everything. So, I mean, that's why today and I was, you know, going to have a nice week off next week. I'm not doing that anymore. So I'm going to lose, <laughs> probably, I'm probably going to lose my annual leave because I've got to cover shit at work. Mm. And I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my hours um... get fixed. So they either go, my, my, fix, my hours are fixed and go above what they are. They never go down. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, other people now, like if you're sick or if you can't work or something, like your the risk is only ever that you're going to lose work. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. And um, obviously, in terms of like, I mean, statutory sick pay is fuck all. We know that. Um, Where well, also ends for COVID in two days' time. So on the seventeenth of March, I think they no longer pay SSP for all your days off sick. No more SSP for COVID isolation. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that they're probably, if they haven't already, they're probably going to stop the the council grants as well, right? Oh, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think there's, well, I think I if, would if not the money hasn't dried up already, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I received I received some as recently as December. Mm. Um, so that wasn't that long ago, I guess. But by now, you know, if they're saying that, I mean, they're they're basically trying to move towards a, a, a position of like no one is going to 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 need to self isolate even if they have COVID. Anymore, well, they're calling right? it living so, with COVID, which is basically yeah. just like for those who aren't lucky enough. It's just dying yeah, with COVID. Exactly. I mean, or it's it's just COVID for life. Good luck and fuck you. This is this is kind of like the inevitability that that was going to come about after Johnson announced his herd immunity strategy at the start of you know yeah. at the start of COVID anyway. And this is like the culmination after two years and and it's it's really amazing. Like we've kind of mentioned it before, but like after a period of a wobble where it looked like Johnson might actually have to step down and the government might collapse, like, he has fully ridden it out. Oh, the yeah. only thing anyone's talking about is Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, before that, they they started talking about, uh, you know, and, and in, the, in the intervening period, like, because he still had a little bit of time before this, all of this, like, fully kicked off, uh, he just managed to call Keir Starmer a non-defender, and that managed to kind of uh, <laughs> gather, like, capture the headlines for long enough, tie it over until this. Um, yeah. If ever you want to maintain the British establishment, mention paedophilia, but oh, not yeah. in such a roundabout way that you don't mention that yeah. half the people in your party were definitely involved in it at some of point. Of course, um, of course. It's a guaranteed <laughs> vote winner. Or that the royal family, who you are like best mates with, are also very much implicated in like a global pedophile ring. Um. Yeah, exactly, and and um, and so obviously we're we're moving towards a situation where, like 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 you were saying, you know, I mean, it's not really a a secret that hospitality workers in particular have been absolutely fucked during COVID, like. Mm a large number of hospitality workers. I, I don't know the percentage right now. I mean, it used to be basically about half until not even that long ago were zero hours contracts. Uh, I think that number's gone down a bit more recently, but still, obviously, yeah. a lot I of I mean, the main very, thing was more that, very like, precarious you know, it, was, it was over, over, over 500,000 people. I think it was close to 600,000 people in hospitality right, yeah. in 2020. Yeah, yeah, And a lot exactly. of that was to do with the fact that, you know, people were, like, were... Before the photo scheme got brought in, I remember, I remember yeah. before the photo scheme got brought in, a number of my friends were basically told by various cafes, pubs, bars and stuff they worked in, um, I'm really sorry, but like for the survival of this business, I cannot continue to keep you on the books. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then in three weeks later, we like, came groveling like, oh, oh, would you like to, uh, would you like to do um, mm-hmm. furlough? Yeah. We would love to have you yeah. back. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, you know, everyone's yeah. sort of like, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a big happy family. Let's, let's keep you on the, on the work group chats and, and stuff mm. like that. Um, oh. Or kind of, or along with that thing of being like, but feel free to go and work for Tesco or something if yeah, you need the head to. Of you know, like, you can, you can, yeah, you can, yeah. you can go and you can go and really, you know, you, you can support the nation's struggle. I can't personally support you as a as a multimillionaire or or even yeah, you know, like, yeah. as a small business owner. I mean, some people obviously it's it's different, but you know, oh, I've had to remortgage my house. You know, when most people are like, yes, and I don't have any money to pay my rent. Well, I mean, uh, like COVID has exposed sort of beyond any any doubt i think to even people who you know aren't necessarily as um sort of aware of these things normally just just about the sort of i thought the, you could say online then well just just about the, the the two-tiered nature of society and just the fact that like there are certain jobs certain services which are done by people which are rendered essentially invisible mm. um very in a, in, a, in a very purposeful way um and it's only exposed like the uh, fractures in class society, right? I think people had forgotten that you know, 
what working class jobs were in so many ways. And it suddenly became very apparent yeah. that, you know, there were lots of people who were, people don't think of like, oh, you're not really working class or whatever. Like, we suddenly were like, well, actually, you yeah. know, like, yeah, I'm, I am. And, and now I have no work. You know, like a, 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 um, a person with like two degrees who's like a barista, you know, work earning basically like minimum wage. Oh, like yeah, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter if they if they if they've got two degrees. Like they're by all function working Which class. Only, at that only point, in so much you know? as their student loans uh, repayment. So exactly, they're, they're <laughs> <definitely> <laughs> higher. So if anything, it kind of makes it worse. Yeah, legit. Exactly. It's, it's like what is it? I have a master's degree and I earn about probably like a hundred and fifty a week, but I'm middle class yeah. somehow. Yeah. Whereas, 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 some someone who well, we one is... podcast three people, three speakers, six degrees probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whereas someone who's working like a traditionally like working class job, like um like a builder or a plumber or something, who earns a good salary, and that's good. Like they should earn a good salary for that job. But like, you know, who are homeowners and like mm. that, then that's that's obviously, but they're they're working class because once again, Britain doesn't really know how to talk yeah, about class. It's definitely <laughs> it's definitely shifted because there's people in like my family who do like bricklaying and stuff and make a lot of money mm. through private contracts. Mm. You can't do yeah. that in hospitality yeah. unless yeah. you want to, you know, do a second or third job, which is probably mm. going to be another job in the hospitality sector, which is still going to get you fuck all, and you end up doing more work than the said other person but obviously because i think in this country people conceptualize the working class as getting your hands dirty going down the mines sort of thing like this kind of <laughs> i'm uh, working class because my grandfather once worked in the mines. yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got to get your hands dirty down the mines not on coffee grind <laughs> yeah it's, exactly. it's like oh because you're serving coffee to middle class people that makes you middle class by default <laughs> i'm really sorry that you know what a flat white is um, yeah, you know the difference between that and a and a and a and I don't know, like I don't even fucking know about coffee, man. Like a macchiato. Or something. <laughs> I don't even know what a macchiato is. Um, yeah, I still don't. I still haven't quite figured out what a macchiato is. I think it's like the one which you put in a clear glass and then you put the milk first and then the coffee afterwards. I think. Uh, yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> All right, Mr. Barista with two degrees. <laughs> I don't even a barista. I just know people. Look, this drink. is like this has been my my favorite pastime in the last few months. Is like just practicing and getting better at steaming milk. It's like it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's literally like the number one thing I look forward to when I go into work mm. is like making coffees for everyone. Hey, there's in, there's um, you know it's, there's in 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 job development. You know they're supporting your career and you know there you go. There you, you go. think about the cost have... that they've inadvertently maybe absorbed without realizing. I mean, I have I have chosen myself a nice, pretty hamster wheel to sit on, and uh, <laughs> well, don't worry, guys, I'll make the coffee this morning. <laughs> exactly, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, uh, like at the end of the day, like hospitality, despite like the amount of exploitative shit that goes on there. And like, yeah, I mean, the easy answer is it is capitalism. Like it's across all fucking industries, you know, and like, it's all corporatized and it's all monopolized and it's all, you know, gentrified to fuck. And, you know, like we can talk as much as we want about like more inclusive spaces. And obviously in some degrees they, they are there and they are less male dominated for sure maybe yeah maybe less sort of like cis straight do dominated as well but at the same time you know like 
the class divisions in these spaces. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And this is kind of coming back to what I was saying earlier about like how like COVID really exposed this this two tiered nature of uh, of you know like the patrons and and the workers in these places. You know, and like on the one hand, you've got the government essentially saying that it's a national duty for people to go to the pub. They are doing these ridiculous photo ops like with tim martin and whatnot (laughs) like fucking prince charles and 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 whatnot just like uh in the um, like telling the whole nation to go like do their fulfill their british duty of of drinking a nice cold pint um in order to like get these shitty high street chains back up and running basically but at the same time you know like with no no regard whatsoever for the workers you know like i mean when we went into furlough like you were saying like the majority of these workers are like either like on zero hours contracts or like incredibly precarious contracts so like either they were just like dropped by their employers or uh you know like they were just said they their employers just said yeah we can't we can't pay you they had to go to the government with their zero hours thing for self-employed and like that's an average of the last three years of earning so you know for the majority of people they got absolutely fucked by that like uh unless like there's like unless you got really lucky like in the in the run-up to, to covid the majority of people got absolutely fucked by that yeah um, and I, so... I, I i did get really i got i kind of got got shafted a little bit when i was in the yeah. first lockdown but by the time the second lockdown came around i was i was like in a much better position but i remember mm-hmm. like having to send an email to my first employer um being like hey so the photo calculations that you've sent across i don't think they're correct um i've done some math uh, blah blah blah, and then I just got, and I was like, I probably sent a slightly shirky email, maybe, mm. but I was also, you know, it was the difference between having like a very little amount of money and having a bit of money that I meant I could probably, you know, like afford to go and do my like my weekly shop, maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just got this sh- such a shitty reply back, being like, I just don't think you appreciate or understand like how hard we're working to do this, you know, like how we're trying to keep everyone's jobs, and then and I'm like, I got it, but I was also like. Yeah, and you know what? As 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 the person that's in charge of payroll, like, and as the person that's in charge of business, that that's your job. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't have one right now, um, and I'm relying on you as the person that like was you know with whom I had a contract to honour that contract in the way that you can do via the fact that the government is supporting you as uh, well, allowing you to do so. Yeah. Um, part of me wanted to kind of everyone to kind of obviously lie about how much they were you know like paying workers but obviously that was never going to happen yeah but then again you also saw i mean maybe even the worst thing was there were people who were then like there were you know small business owners who were or and like and, and business owners generally who were claiming for employees that no longer work for them and then just pocketing the cash mm. i mean mm. like how many i mean that this we talk about like government poor, poor government expenditure like all these dodgy business loans to people and terrible like procurement processes for ppe and everything but you know i mean there's lots of dodgy shit going on all over the place and again that always every single time like you were saying earlier it's like it's, it was never about the workers because the people who were lobbying on behalf of hospitality as an industry were always doing so on behalf of industry and and business owners being like mm. oh, business owners are finding this really hard and business supply like this much like all right so now I think yeah. the figures are 10 percent of the economy is in uh, of 10 percent of jobs is hospitality and i think it's like five or six percent of gdp is hospitality yeah. it's pretty high yeah like for one second yeah. it's pretty yeah, high yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. there was it was always like you know, like business owners are really struggling right now. Like we're going to see lots of things close. And yeah, obviously we did, and and, and that kind of sucks. But it's like yeah, and there are now people who like 
for a while were like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get kicked out of my house. I don't know yeah. if I can afford to feed my children. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can afford to leave my house to get my medication without compromising the health of my family member or someone, you know, someone who's I have a duty of care to. And then people started dropping like flies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously at the same time as, as COVID, we've also got Brexit as well. And like, we've just got a lot of people like from EU countries who left. <clears throat> uh and yeah then suddenly places like weatherspoons you know suddenly realize that there's a massive staff shortage of like uh cheap labor that they could get from people who are coming in from from eu countries uh so yeah like you had this sort of like double staff crisis in the hospitality industry at the same time and uh there was like, that glorious period where like Basically, if you were an unemployed hospitality worker and you wanted to get a job, you kind of had the pick mm-hmm. of where you wanted to go. It was like two yeah, months yeah, yeah, where yeah. you were literally like the power was in your hands and you were like, mm-hmm. sorry, is, was that was that not a living wage job? <laughs> sorry, yeah. yeah. I've got <laughs> 10 other offers right now. Yeah. Um, and now we're, of course, we're back to that classic scenario of people being like, so I can afford to pay you this much and like maybe, maybe I can give you this many hours. Um, also, do you have your immigration status to hand? No, it's really annoying, mm-hmm. but I have to ask. And you're like, oh, this, this is, this is the thing, you know, like it's, it's ultimately, it's just like a total, just like a checklist thing. And no one actually gives a shit, but like, um, they do now the other, like the the, the other week, it's more serious now than it was the right to work, the right to work check. They can, they can literally come in and and demand that you've got proof of record that you've checked everyone's. I only know this now because I have to do it. It's such a pain of like, you have to have proof of records for, for, of right to work. And when you've checked everyone's right to work within the last six months or something? I mean, like, the other week, uh, the new, I think, front of house manager, uh, she asked us all for IDs, and it was, like, the first time I just sent a copy of my British passport, mm-hmm. and it was just uncomplicated, and I didn't have to give this whole spiel about my citizenship status, and it was just this very, very strange experience, I have to say. <laughs> I don't... I, I don't I still don't know how I how I feel about it exactly. Because yeah, like on the one hand, it's... obviously, like that's like the main reason I, I did this, you know. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, like it is it, it it genuinely does feel like a new chapter of my life as well. I had a friend very recently who's um who's Australian, so I mean it, it makes you know there's obviously there's less racialized elements to it in mm-hmm. terms of visas and, and so on. But uh, you know, they were, you know, effectively had their job and they've had to quit this job because of the way the the boss was like treating them. It was effectively they were like, well, so they were like, you know, I can't come in. I have to care for my partner who's currently in hospital. Mm. Like I have, I have to go and care. Mm. Like I can get yeah. this shift covered for one day. I just cannot come in. And this their boss just said, it's not like disgusting like communication back. You know, I'm not even going to list some of the things this person said. But effectively, it was you know along the lines of like, look, I know you're an immigrant. I know you. I know your immigration status depends on you having this job. And you're like, you know, your residency. So. Maybe if you maybe you want to think about that before you don't like before you bother turning up to work. Jesus and Christ! Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I, and I, I was like to them, I was like, you know, you could really like take this person to tribunal for some of the communications mm. that they've been sending. But again, it's that precarious thing of like knowing, like, okay, fine, so I do that, and then in arbitration yeah. with this person, I then have to go. I then I don't have, you know, there's risk of no reference or anything. There's, you know, mm. I then have to explain to my current employer, like, oh, do you have anything to disclose and. I think you, or I think you're kind of half meant to disclose stuff, and it's just all. And obviously, you then might have to take dates off a legal date, like le- like court dates or anything, tribunal stuff. And obviously, it's just a mess. But I mean, this obviously is such a this kind. Of, I mean, that's the kind of system I think is 
is is exposed to like the the really pernicious and like the really but are they un like it's not even an underbelly is it it's like a very obvious face of of racism and and like and and of, and of the border the border is like at work now yeah even even yeah, yeah, exactly. even, yeah. even within the nation exactly. state the border exists mm-hmm. we're all border guards mm-hmm. but you are you like you are now as employers and people who are in in in, in charge of hiring processes yeah you are now you are now an agent of the state well, yeah, I mean, that's what the hostile environment is all about. It's about yeah. turning your landlord, your estate agent, your employer, yeah. your bank manager into a border guard, you know, like, mm. and it's it's about, like, making your life in this place a hostile experience. I mean, it's in the yeah. fucking name, you know, yeah. and, like, it's just putting these, like, layers and layers of uh, inconveniences and uh, and that's, like, the sort of the, the, uh, the, the most... Uh, a harmless version of it you know it's just like the inconveniences like i mean there is on the other hand like literally people being deported and even killed uh detained and and you know just like being stripped of all their fucking human rights yeah i mean there was um, a famous example was it um who was it byron wasn't it was it byron burgers yeah 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 of course who like invited the home office invited yeah they basically said oh we need to have a meeting with yeah, 35 yeah, of their workers yeah. that they knew you know they knew exactly what their immigration yeah, status yeah, yeah, was exactly and yeah. then they were yeah, 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 those, yeah then they just basically like had the home office raid them I mean, handed is, over to the to the to, 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 to like literally raided into vans like it wasn't even sort mm-hmm. of like you know like we're going to check your documents it was effectively they'd handed stuff over to the home office yeah and to immigration mm-hmm. for the border police and said you know like we know these people are illegal immigrants, and the, the, I think on the understanding that they said, like you know, like we'll give them to you, and you won't you won't fine us for illegally hiring people, which yeah. you know says yeah, everything yeah. about the way that the government operates. Right, it's always in the pocket of yeah. big business. It's always in the pocket of like with it's always on the side of employers, and employers more often than not still yeah, remain it's just on a the side of fucking the, cartel. Oh, yeah. Even the way to get a job, you need your national insurance number, you need an address, you need a bank account, like even like those details sort of if you don't have any of that you're fucked you know and now as we move to a more cashless society as well this is the other thing is that cash in hand work yeah which is you know yeah. often yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of people within the under uh, within that kind of like that <coughs> precarious underclass of mm-hmm. undocumented people have relied upon mm. has now been nearly almost re- totally removed you know whether yeah. it's, whether it's because you, you you basically you're not getting enough um you know your, your welfare your, your benefits aren't anywhere near enough because you've been sanctioned or whatever and you need to pick up a shift here and there do something mm. or you just need a bit of like extra cash for something or yeah you are someone that you know whose immigration status is is precarious and you've traditionally picked up this kind of like as we move to a cashless society well this is often something people don't think about when they talk about it they talk about you know oh you know like it's, it challenges the most vulnerable people in society we're pushing them out of like our places we're stopping them from getting a drink and i'm always thinking like yeah we are and we are stopping them from getting food somewhere but we're also mm. stopping those people from being able to buy food <laughs> And from being able to yeah. like, provide yeah. a home for themselves because they no longer can get work that they could rely on as cash in hand, which obviously, mm. yeah, like I'm sure people will complain about. But I don't really give it personally. I don't really give a, give a shit if someone isn't paying national insurance on a ten pack, like a tenner that they've been given to to work for an hour or like forty quid yeah. they've been paid. Because often enough, people go like, "Oh, well, we'll call it ten pound an hour, right? That that will cover everything." And it kind of push everything the responsibility onto onto the to that person. and national and insurance it... is going up anyway yeah. So. oh yeah um but uh yeah i mean like this kind of stuff is is all the more apparent sometimes in a place like where i work which 
you know, it's very much like the face of the gentrification of the neighborhood. Uh, mm. Like it's not just by itself, but like, you know, there's there's several other businesses of a similar sort nearby. Uh, but it's it's very much like, the f um, you know, a part of this changing face of this, this neighborhood, which is like traditionally been very working class, very mixed, very diverse, like arguably like one of the most diverse neighborhoods uh, in the country. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, and have you ever spoken to one of the drivers I, there, the 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 Draymond? Draymond, the guy called the guy, the guy who delivers most of the stuff. Ah, uh, um, I'm not sure I have. So he's he's Walthamstow born and bred, and I remember talking to him. He was like, "Ollie, it's changing. This place is changing. Everything's changed." Yeah, and he was, yeah. you know, like you know, yeah. he's a he's a second generation. Um, like Black Caribbean, um, uh -huh. living in East London, he's maybe got the strongest East End accent I've heard in about. Oh, I mean, oh years. no, I I know I know who you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah, but you know, but, you know like who's like the, the the guy for, who's working for the for the brewery? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, so like, but he's yeah, yeah, he's, exactly, he's yeah. got some stories and stuff. He's also like a, yeah. a he's also an ex yeah. union man. He used to tell me about. Right, he yeah. used to work for a brewery mm -hmm. called Courage, and he mm -hmm. was which, funnily enough, their old warehousing bit is down near where I am now, in South London, and he was just like telling me about it was like yeah when you know when they used to tell us they weren't going to do this or that we just used to up tools tip the barrels over tell them we weren't going to fucking go to work <laughs> we, yeah. they, were, they used to be yeah like the the like the the couriers union or whatever it was i think the the drivers unions effectively back mm -hmm. then in the 70s and the 80s were militant they were like really yeah. fucking militant like when when mm -hmm. bigger beer still was a thing and like on yeah. the, and the big pub goes he was just like yeah we didn't like something we down tools on a thursday they come to the table by friday morning yeah <laughs> it was great i mean like i talked to him and i was like fuck like, imagine if we had that now yeah well this is the thing i mean like uh because of the nature of the work as well like it's just so difficult to unionize effectively yeah. in this industry as well right it's because yeah. like um, you're always um like the way shifts are done because it can be unpredictable yeah. you can be with like yeah. a different person each shift and like you're yeah. never seeing the same people and like exactly. by, by the end of the shift if you're trying to say to someone hey do you want to do something they're too tired and exhausted from the shift and they just want to go home like it's it, and yeah. most people I mean, most like, people there's, there's see this like... kind of work as like temporary work anyway. yeah like the, the majority of people who do this work do it as temporary work right and so it's like it's very difficult to kind of like build the long term, long lasting solidarity that you need to like mm. um, to, to to organize the workplace, and then also uh, because of the nature of shift work, it's a it's a it's a hotbed for radicalism, like more than more than people think. But because you're never in the same room as people enough, or you're always yeah. working, you don't get any downtime. Like exactly, always, yeah, you can't just be like, yeah. oh, let's let's like sit around and talk about X, Y, and Z, and like you know think about how we can change stuff. People are always like sympathetic. And then you kind of try and start suggesting ways in which you could do that, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm not sure." Because they know that, like, and and anyone and that because makes trouble of the, is because goodbye. yeah, exactly. Like you're just gonna start losing shifts. Hmm. You know, like if if management sort of uh, sort of get 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 a, a sniff that yeah. you're you know trying to agitate in the workplace, then yeah, like they're just gonna cut your shifts. Like they they can just do that. And I think uh, also and... framing a lot of pubs as oh you know it's just small business owners running a pub. Like you know they could do the argument when you do try and organise. It's like I'm just a small business owner. I don't earn enough money to. Give you I'm, I'm, a, so I'm a small so. bean multi pub yeah. chain. Oh, I'm a small bean but business owner. I can't give you extra no, I'm, benefits. So I'm, 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 I'm probably now far out enough of my career and 
and in and well before I have enough of it having happened that I'm I don't mind talking about so much, but I was um at the I was made redundant or I was let go for uh, various different things uh by the people that had employed me like that followed me during the first during the first lockdown. Um, uh-huh. and that kind of ended up with me picking up a lot of like precarious shift work here and there across that summer of 2020 in which I had like loads of yeah maybe some of the worst experiences I had in my life I got called a faggot I got called I got like someone like friends of like smash me out like someone like I had to deal with just so much so much shit like I just I, I couldn't even begin to say like the amount of like health and safety violations mm. I like just carry out to like maintain shifts the amount of like hours I pulled at like ridiculous mm. times at work until four in the morning and picking up a shift the next day mm. at eight o'clock because I didn't know when the next mm. shift was coming from, from anywhere. But the people that like mm. let me go, um, I was told that I was, um, one of the reasons was I was bullying other coworkers. And one of the reasons they said that was because I devalued them in the workplace. Um, because I told them that we should get paid more. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I'm not going to name names and I'm, um, um, yeah. Like, it's yeah. like life happens, and unfortunately, my like my, my side yeah. of the industry is quite small. Um, mm. But if you are someone in the industry who is listening and who knows me, you can probably figure out who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> as I'm not so gentle aside. Yeah, yeah. Quite, you know, I mean, these uh... things happen, and there was you know people have got sympathy for things, and then there's always a whole like. I mean, we'll come onto this later, I guess, maybe. But you know, there's there's been there's a shift towards people wanting people to unionize and people wanting to like have more worker action, you know, obviously with uh, what we refer to in the, in like the craft beer industry as the Scottish brewery and in the, <laughs> the, we refer to them as, as the Scottish play. Um, <laughs> we refer to them as the Scottish brewery. Like there's obviously a, a big, they've become like the face in lots of ways of, of, of craft beer and like that side of like, yeah. beer yeah. In the industry and, and hospitality in general. And obviously their, their CEO, James Watt is a, uh, James, if you're listening, you're a complete cunt. Um, you know, he's a complete cunt. Um, <laughs> I, I really hope you listen to this. I mean, he's sent out, he's, I mean, he's literally been exposed in the last two days. Um, like, what are we, the, yeah, the early, like, mid-March, as having hired private investigators to investigate people who are, um, who were, like, apparently making, smear, who were leading a smear campaign against him. And mm. then it's come out that the people that he hired as private investigators are all crooked cops. So <laughs> that's extremely punk. That's the most punk that is, thing that's, you could that, do. That is yeah. that is the most James Watt shit I've ever heard. And I think I'm guessing this is probably in relation to like the employee letter that came out like last. Well, it June. is and it isn't because uh, these people were hired two years ago. So what it... I mean, I mean, I think people have been like that employee letter was like a culmination of like stuff that oh, yeah. the employees have been saying for a while, yeah. obviously. And like people have been like uh, organizing sort of around. It's that. interesting because, it's, you know, if anything wants to kind of point out your guilt more than anything, it's you go like this smear campaign that's been led for two years. And everyone goes, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I mean, it only started like nine months ago. So what, what stuff was going on two years ago that you were worried about? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to hire the equivalent of Denzel Washington from Training Day. To go and investigate these guys, uh, I mean, it's, but it's, yeah, it's very bad. I mean, he's threatened legal action against various different people. Um, mm. I mean, all, I mean, all this this time. letter. I think, I think, I think a lot of people will have will have probably seen it because it was doing the rounds at the time. But I was just reading it just before, again, like just before um, 
we were recording and there's just I, I remembered like some bits which was just so good um uh just i'm just, I'm just gonna read a, a couple of excerpts from from this original letter which came out in uh which was which was uh published on the 9th of june last year um and it says Brewdog was and is built on a cult of personality since day one you have sought to exploit exploit publicity both good and bad usually with the faces of james and martin front and center to further your own businesses and goals your mission might be genuinely to make other people as passionate about craft beer as you are in the sense that you've succeeded. Your fan base certainly has some true zealots in its ranks, but the ambitions you impressed on your team have always seemed business-led. Growth at all costs has always been perceived as the number one focus of the company, and the fuel you have used it to achieve uh, used to achieve it is controversy. In a post-truth world, you have allowed the ends to justify the means. Time and time again, lies, hypocrisy, and deceit can be useful tools. PR campaigns repeated over and over on LinkedIn until you actually believe them yourselves is good for driving awareness, and if anyone questions the validity, validity of your claims, you can simply move on to the next campaign. How many more times will we see the stories about you sending protest beer to russia <laughs> brackets you didn't <laughs> james <laughs> james and martin changing their names to elvis brackets awarding an employee of the month over a sweary can oh. which was not an accident and actually approved for, for for print by um by james or offering paternity leave which many staff are simply never permitted to take. Mm. Worse, by placing uh, personalities at the centre of your messaging, you have inflated egos and fostered a culture within craft beer that deifies founders and gives way to sexist and misogynist brewers who claim to be standing up for free speech. You have become a lightning rod for some of the worst attitudes present on both the internet and in real life. <laughs> God, every time I see his profile picture, I just get angry. Like, incredible. So there's a really funny, such a really funny, within this, like, there's a really funny, like, I mean, it's admittedly quite a small in joke, but the, um, there was a, at one point he tweeted about, like, you know, I, I, in many ways, I guess you could say that James Watt is like the Elon Musk of craft beer. Oh, he is. He posts through his crises, right? He posts yeah. through his crises. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. But there was this funny thing. He's a, a very ago, online guy. Where he basically posted about, like, oh, lost my favorite hat. Um, and then someone's found these different photos. I mean, he always wears the same, like, you know, like, I don't play golf, but, like, he looks a bit like a, like, he's, I don't know. He's like a like, wannabe like, peaky like, blinder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's probably pre-Peaky Blinders, but you know, it's it's very it's a very Tory hat. It's a very yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very like it's weirdly it's like he's trying to be an authentic um, Yorkshireman with like where the you know whippet and flat cap. Um, it's like no, Scotland. it's like it's like he lives in the same village where Alex James makes cheese. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so he, so he there was a thing he posted about like oh I've lost my favorite hat, and then someone was like, has James Watt actually been replaced by someone else? <laughs> With these various different <laughs> hats for a while, and then the new hat comes back, and actually, it was the person that stole his hat that is like the new James Watt. I mean, I mean, I think what it really points to is like he's like this cult of personality is is like is 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 enormous, and I mean, I can't, I have to like disclaimer here. I have like written an academic paper that I presented at a conference about. <laughs> um, so like, I'm not like one of the experts, but if anyone. Mm. 
was to be an expert on like a Marxist view um, and like discussing the neoliberal methodology and like ideology behind James Watt, Brewdog and, and, and Craft Beer at large. I would be maybe slightly bold enough to say that I might be one of those people that would like know, know a little <laughs> bit about it. Um, I think because, you know, for this, I mean, I've written, yeah, like I, I wrote like quite extensively about it, but I think mean, there's lots of different things he's done from, you know, like uh, claiming to blow up, like, like they've like played bowling, like they bowled down, like they were like in a bowling alley, like bowling, like down bottles of like macro beer. They were like, popped, like weird fucking stuff into the, city of london from a massive helicopter they rolled a tank <laughs> through the city of london being like yeah i, I don't even know why they just rolled, they just drove a tank with three dog attached to it through the city yeah. of london they attached they had a beer at their definitely fucking... one way to get people to drink your beer they had they had um they had at their canary wharf site they had this thing <laughs> called the hop exchange line where the cost of the drink fluctuated with the with uh, according to the value of the footsie like they're FTSE 100 they just have this the, oh the, yeah yeah the yeah I've price. heard about this oh wait wait they actually did that oh yeah yeah they because uh, I saw this I saw this like come up on Twitter as like an idea that some pub wanted to do and I was just no, like no, oh no. please no they one give James Watts this idea they were the first they were the first pub company to accept Bitcoin as payment no oh, oh, I mean of course oh, I mean yeah of course they were like I mean, I'm I'm just waiting for the Brewdog NFT I'm just waiting for the first Brewdog NFT See, like, I mean has, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a I'll give you a brilliant brilliant quote I mean I have unfortunately read James Watts business for punks cover to cover four times um, <laughs> to do to write this paper and stuff. It yeah. was a subject this, of this, your this, thesis, this is, no, but it wasn't. I, this was a paper I wrote for fun. Um, back when that was a thing. Um, think of yourself as the overlord. Only you can protect your team by establishing and enforcing entry standards and by making sure freshers will not endanger the culture you're building. What culture was oh, he talking God. about here, apart from the protection of his own self? Um, like, and, and the kind of the the the, 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 the you know the the valorization of that particular kind of like and it is a very white bourgeois like mm. hegemonic masculinity that you know aligns itself to capital in he in this book he constantly goes on about how cash is king um yeah. you know like how you basically like you have to fuck with the banks but you have to also like cozy up with the banks you have to mm. like fuck with business but at the same time like your business is everything to you um yeah. because you know, that's they... punk well that's the thing well that's the thing like when you mentioned he was like the elon musk of craft brewery like he does write like a tech bro like yeah like, yeah that totally. kind of like if you spent more time disrupting actually... markets and shit he yeah, like, also if, if, comes if... from an extremely wealthy family i think i think his yeah. dad has the most expensive divorce in scottish history Fuck like, the, guy, <laughs> the guy does not come from, from, from my money he's like oh yeah. i was a sea captain it's like no mate your dad owned a yeah. fleet of shipping vessels in Scotland, worth like tens of millions of pounds, and your whole like I started, and he gave my, you a I, started, job. I started my brewery in my garage with my friend and my dog. Yeah, how big was your garage? It was probably a fucking like hangar somewhere or something. The size uh, of Norwich City. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these, 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 I mean, he's not he's not alone. I think you know the you know as as we we spoke like I've spoken to about Arjen before like. The way in which and, and and we've seen like the homogeneity of craft beer as an industry mm. and the way in which it's an incredibly white very middle class yeah. very and mm. it's not even like a male or masculine space it's a very blokey space it's a masculinized mm. space right mm. it's, it's that veneration and that valorization of like you know men with beards tattoos flannel yeah. shirts you eat fucking like stupid greasy burgers that are like you know with like artisan meat, artisan cheese, like you support this industry, you support that industry. 
and you look like you know you could chop down a tree except you've probably never done that before in your life because you pay your gardener minimum wage to do that for you and you um, also have a vitamin deficiency despite you <laughs> those kind of guys they're the kind of people that like like to go on about how much they can drink and then the next day they can afford to get like you know drip fed you know one of those people that come around with like a fucking like liquid drip to kind of like make them better while anyone else who works in the industry for them like if i, I don't know if you guys have ever worked on a hangover i know i certainly have like i like yeah. I, I would i would love to have one of those in my life um but no we just kind of power through is this it. a thing that people actually do in the city yeah like it's, a, it's, a it's like an, what like an iv drip yeah yeah what fuck me Jesus but like Christ. you can all just normal you, people yeah you can, you can surely like really rich people only yeah that's what i mean but it's it's like there is an elite within this, like the the. Like, oh sure. Beer is business. I think that's the thing, and like we mm-hmm. love to talk about, like, and hospitality loves to talk about itself in this way, especially the independent hospitality sector, right? Like, if you're working for a small business or a small to medium business or one that's basically, I don't work for Weatherspoons or I don't work for Pret or I don't work yeah. for this. It's like we're a small to medium business. Like we're great, you know. Like we're a family, and that family. Oh, oh fucking that fucking hate that family bullshit. dynamic. Like go Fuck and off, like, yeah. you know, oh you know, you know go and suck your mum. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because no, we're not a family. It's the worst like, fucking shit no, in the world when people say that. Shit. Like, no, we're no, not the a small fam- business shit. No, the small business shit. They get away with so much more because of that no. as well. Because we're they a family. Get to the by the way, I'm cutting you off. Um, yeah, it's like, like Ubu small bean pub. Yeah, yeah, we're a like... small bean pub. We can't give you enough money. We're a family. Look, I know, like, I know you. Th- found like your co-worker to be massively homophobic or racist or sexist or misogynistic or you know like you caught them doing you know like doing like breaking like various different health and science standards but like you know they care and you know they, yeah. they mean to me to this business and like we don't you know we don't believe in you know we believe in second chances here except for you because you're agitating in the workplace so goodbye um yeah. it's very manipulative they do use the well you know we're not weather spoons or we aren't brew dogs so like you know we can't be as bad as them but like they are worse mm. in a multitude of different ways because they are guess, still fucking over yeah. their workers i guess in a funny way maybe it is it is more of a family dynamic than we wish to think in terms of the, the nuclear <laughs> because states. families like, are fucked <laughs> it's no but that's exactly right so it's uh yeah. it's, there's still the patriarch at the head of the family and the moment that patriarch gets threatened that's when they go like right cool get rid of this person like this person can get cut off so in the in a way (laughs) they try and celebrate the family dynamic and you know and play on the the supposed positive benefits of that as a as a as a unit whilst at the same time gleaning and you know taking from that unit as a as an idea all the punitive all the you know the kind of like remonstration that you can from that kind of and, 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 the, and the kind of violence right whether it's institutional or otherwise that you yeah. can inflict on people with yeah. without a second thought i mean it's it's a really i mean like yeah I'm, I've, I've lost my job before i'm sure that people on this mm. people in, who are listening you know would have done so as mm-hmm. well i don't know whether you guys have you know but there's that that risk of like i have def- you're, you're definitely only, lost my job before <laughs> but like you're you know you're you're always at risk of that and i think like especially yeah. now with with the with the current crisis like and with things about to close like we are going to see a spate of more closures yeah 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 because like you know like there's some the customer you know, is never uh, just, just so everyone knows the customer is always wrong 
Yeah, um, the customers. Any, always and look, anyone, anyone that has worked in any customer-facing job in any has sort dealt of with the worst retail, retail or hospitality job knows this for a fact and operates on the principle that the customer yeah. is always wrong. I mean, like, I'm sorry, but they, you just, you just, and uh, the way you know <laughs> whether someone has worked one of these jobs is whether they know that or not. Yeah. <laughs> As an aside, if you are my employer or a prospective employer and you want to hire me at some point, I believe the customer is always right. I'm very, I'm very responsive to, uh, I'm always, I always intend to fulfill customer needs and my main priority is the delivery of high quality, premium quality, you know, customer service in uh, excellent environments and I strive for excellence with both myself and my staff and my colleagues. Um, <laughs> yeah. What Ollie said. <laughs> if you've ever written a CV, like you've ever written a CV, right? Like the amount of, sometimes I feel like the stuff I've written in CVs and, and like my cover letters, whilst on the one hand, it's true in a sense, right? You, you do, like, don't get me wrong. I think this is one thing that people like don't understand about hospitality if you haven't done it, is that sometimes customer service, as weird as this might sound, is actually quite fun. When it's a good, yeah. when it's a good day, when you're having a good shift, it's great. You love. I like bar work. You love that. You love. That I like with doing bar work. If, if it's colleagues. a good shift, when it's customers are great, they're great. It's just when they're shit, they are so fucking entitled. They are so rude. <laughs> they just come at you with the most like ridiculous like excuse me, I pay your wages. Well, a no, you don't. Uh, B like you, <laughs> one out of twenty people that comes along, spends four pound fifteen on you know your your ridiculous stupid coffee. That like oh. I would rather have spat in than like given you when you called me like or when you insulted one of my colleagues or whatever or when you yeah. clicked your fingers at me or like I, re I remember seeing someone get given a tip. I mean, this is the whole thing is entitlement, right? I remember watching yeah. a, one of the first pubs I worked in. I have tangented massively, sorry, but one of the first pubs I worked in, uh, we had this table of like really wealthy. You know, you could tell they were dripping in cash. Yeah, like just mm -hmm. just absurd. And he just gave he gave everyone a tip. And then to like, I guess you could call him like the head waiter, maybe of the place. Mm -hmm. He went up to him yeah. especially, put a fifty pound note in his like breast pocket, like his shirt pocket, and like yeah. tucked, like you know, like that kind of tapped to yeah. tuck it in, yeah. and literally yeah. like tapped him on the face, like with a little gentle slap, being like, "That's for you, Sonny," and walked off. Jesus and we were all Christ. just there, like, what? Oh what God. just happened? Yeah, like, this is a this oh. is a twenty five year old grown like grown grown man being oh, like fuck. infantilized yeah. to the point Ugh. of being like, "There you yeah, go, Sonny," yeah, yeah. like. This isn't yeah. your like four-year-old nephew, like this is a someone that's just worked, someone yeah. that is that is in their workplace that you have just completely demeaned, mm. like and that and that's like I guess you could say that the the, the good side of the people being shit because you at least they're giving you a bit of money. Yeah, and he, it's, he it's, basically <laughs> like right. It's the worst quid, for let's me. Go and get but, the worst like, for me is customers who think I make the prices of the drinks and they get angry at uh, me. Like one, one of my first shifts, someone asked for bottled water, not tap water. Okay, fair enough. Tap water tastes like garbage. But like, I got it to them and they looked at the prices. Like, is it really that much? I'm like, you're getting tap water in a pub. Like, it's not going to be fucking cheap. You <laughs> how how much how much is your most expensive pint? Um, that you that you sell. It's not too expensive because like we're not in London and it's like quite an old pub. I don't know. We're about to have a pissing match. But like it's like five. It's like five pounds something. Was, I... So like we're we're like expensive for East Anglia. So because like, I was because I was just gonna say like I legit feel embarrassed sometimes. Asking, oh yeah. Like charging people the money that we do sometimes for the beer because like I mean obviously like look. I like nice beer. I, you know, I, I can't 
I, I couldn't talk to you very sort of in detail about like different flavor profiles and whatnot, but like I could, I, I know I like nice beer. Yeah. Uh, and I think that like if you make nice beer, if there's like good, like there's effort that's gone into it, especially if it's made on small scale where the costs obviously go up for everyone. Yeah. Uh, then like, you know, fine, you know, like it is going to cost a certain amount of money. But like, I think first of all, there's a lot of, and and I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me on this, Adi, is that like there's, there's a lot so of shit, much shit here, which is just like exactly, which is just like passed off, just like just got a, a New England IPA or a it's, sort if, of hazy, like there are so many people hazy pale, pale like and, people people making yeah. like New England IPA that they charge a premium for. That yeah. and the other thing is they've all they've done is gone like okay, what's our most expensive thing we can work in here? A load of hops. Let's maybe put some some lactose, some like milk sugar in this to make it extra sweet <laughs> to help cover up to help cover up the fact. This is actually quite a shit beer. Okay, cool. Yeah. Then let's tell people that the fact that it's got it's riddled with off flavors that it's not supposed to have. That's actually a good thing. It means you know that, that green flavor, that thing that means it's meant to spend a bit more time like like getting ready to be served or like waiting to like be packaged. No, actually, you wanted to taste like fucking onion soup. You want onion yeah. soup in your beer. Eight pound a pa- eight pound like for a for a not even for a pint can, please. A four hundred ml can. What that's eight pound a can. Yeah, yeah. Thank you what very much. Someone Isn't says, this the best beer? No, you've some, ever had? some of the beers. Oh, look, we're making another one next week. Except this time, it's not milk sugar like onion soup. It's onion milk sugar soup. Is that okay? Yeah, great. You love it too. We've got a brand new name, a brand new label that's basically the same label as the last one, but with four different colors. And cool, you love it. And and yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of like people churn out absolute fucking garbage. Like I I, te- uh, I cannot tell you the amount of beer <laughs> just absolutely fucking riddled with faults. Yeah. Like sometimes, like I mean, like you, do you know what? Honestly, one of my favorite beers is Nuki Brown. I love it. Oh yeah, Nuki Brown. Yeah, that's not too bad. <laughs> it's safe. It's not I bad. don't think I've ever actually had it. Oh, no, I'm you're, pretty it's, sure it's, I'm gonna that, get that, a that huge amount experience. of hate from one of our Geordie listeners, but. Uh... Yeah, I feel like call I, yourself I, British. Got, Roger. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you can. Yeah, I know, I know, now. I know. Exactly, banned for life. Maybe that's what I need to do. Is like do my like proper Newcastle brown ale pilgrimage. <laughs> but, but like, what, but like when you say, when you say fucking eight pounds something for a beer, I feel bad when I charge like five pound, like fifty for a beer. I mean, oh, this is like that, I mean, those, those, those are our, those tie into, those are our cheapest beers. Yeah, this this ties into something though, because when we think about what the value of a pint is, where are we? T- we're talking yeah. about where's that money going, right? Yeah. And if you know where some of that money, like I know, we're like when I charge that much for a beer, a yeah. normally like I tell people like it's not really meant to be drunk by the pint, so you know there's all this for all like yeah. twenty five pound pint in central London. It's like okay, yeah, it's for like for a twelve and a half percent massive beer that like you wouldn't drink a pint of wine. So maybe yeah. don't drink yeah. a pint of beer. I mean, mm. I definitely was one of those people that was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I want the pint anyway." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but not for twenty five pounds. But you know, you. I was going to have... say, please tell yeah. me you didn't actually pay no, twenty five no, no. pounds. I think I think the most expensive pint I've ever bought was uh, was was just about nine, like nearly a tenner. Fucking hell! Okay. But that was it, it was eleven. It was eleven percent. I had two of them, and then I went. Uh, and I was at the, at the time. <laughs> I was uh, about to say goodbye to a like former partner who was disappearing to like go to the other side of the world for like, the next three years, um, and I basically just intended on getting absolutely blooded. Um, so it was kind of <laughs> it was different like circumstances, but you know it was it was a really fucking a it was delicious. The first one I don't remember the next two. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, but you know, like it's you. Well, I'm going go back to what I was saying. Like you have to think about like where's that money going, right? So you're you're already charging the the the, the 
the the the venue is charging premium price for premium product. Often when yeah. it's one of those bigger pro- like those more expensive things, they're not making that much money on it. It's you know it's it's a it's based on a yeah. cash margin. But there are certain places that will charge like you know and they'll have lower AB, like lower ABV stuff will be will be cheaper. Like less less premium stuff is is always cheaper, right? What you have yeah. to watch out for is when you're paying like no one bats an eyelid at paying six pound a pint for Peroni. But at the moment you're in like, like a, a craft beer venue or like an independent cafe when you get charged, like, you know, someone goes like, oh, avocado on toast for 11 pounds here. Are you joking? And then they'll go to like some, some like kind of not even that fancy chain restaurant or fancy like chain cafe or whatever with their parents. Their parents will happily fucking pay like 12 pound for a plate of avocado on toast or whatever it is. Whilst telling you like you're never going to be able to afford a home because you buy too much avocado on toast. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know you have to think about like where's the money going where is where is like where is the value that's invested in this product where is it where is it coming from are people being paid the right the correct amount for their labor yeah the people at, at production the people at um you know at distribution the people at um you know the point of service and what i take issue with really for me is when you know you're paying a, a premium price somewhere and you then know that the person behind the bar is getting scalped you know that person's yeah. on minimum wage and you know the person mm-hmm. that drove that product to that place is on minimum wage. And you know the person that made that is on minimum wage. And somehow you're still paying like 50 billion. And you know exactly where the money's going. Yeah. It's going mm-hmm. to the pocket of someone who's never worked in that business, who's never sat behind that, who's never like cashed up those tills, who's never cleaned down the bar, who's never mopped the floor, who's never had to clean up sick, who's never had to like sweep up broken glass, who's yeah. never had to like get their hands dirty. And that's, that's is where. Cer- like, is this we... a certain uh, craft tra- taproom chain that you're referring to? But it's it's we're not even that i think like you know there's uh, there's there's all sorts of places where people have like sure. even if, even like in small businesses people who are like yeah. small business owners who themselves have never got behind their own bar or when they do they really have to complain about, oh god i can't believe i'm i'm having to work behind them. it's like yes mate you own the business at least fucking put some graft in for Christ's sake like yeah. cool you make a spreadsheet every now and then I really oh, hope you my do a road to this podcast. Oh, but you know, like it's this, and that, that's that's where the problem is. And I think we're we are heading now to a point where where the price of everything is going up. Food, the price of food is going up. The price of a pint is going yeah. up. And it's something we can measure stuff on. You know, like how many people in the industry, how many people in hospitality can afford to go out? How many people in hospitality can afford to go to either the places they work at or where their yeah. friends work at? Or even now, like places where they usually used to be able to afford to, but now can't. And it's dwindling. Well, here's the thing. I mean, like a few weeks ago, we had like uh, an event at the pub, which was like a hospitality event. So like there were like quite a few other hospitality workers there. And like, yeah, just like a lot of other like bar bar stuff and stuff as well. Like, and you just know how many other hospitality workers were there because of the number of cards that got declined at the till. Yeah. Uh, it's just, just much more than normal. And that normal. classic, like, and like I just, I just need to, I just put some money in my Monzo and you're like watching them transfer. Yeah, like, and I'm just like, because that's what they. And got I there. just feel like, yeah, and I just like, I, I like nothing. Like, I genuinely hurts me when I, when I, whenever I see that shit because like it's happened to me multiple times. It still yeah. happens to me every now and then. But like, uh, but like, it's just, I, I, it's just fucking shit, man. Like, uh, you know, like these, what people should be able to, like, you know, like if an hour's wage is enough to get you, like, not even get you a plate of food where you work. Do you know what I mean? It's like, 
Wh- like, wh- what is even? Yeah. What are we even doing? You know, what are we even doing? An hour's wage where you work and... should be able to buy you at least an hour of enjoyment in the venue that you work. Exactly. Yeah. Before, any, before, <laughs> before any discounts even begin to apply, it should exactly. it should ease. You should easily be able to afford to spend the money that you've earned on the produce that you're selling. Yeah. Like, because, you know, going out is, you know, we, I mean, it's going to be begun to be treated as way more of a luxury, right? And I think maybe this 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 ties into what we were talking about a little bit earlier about the pubs and hospitality as space and, like, the duty of, like, the whole eat out to help out mess. Like, my God, when you think about how fucked that was. That, like, that duty, <laughs> but... you all have a duty to go out. You save the country, save the economy by going out. We have this, like, we place this, like, onus upon the idea of hospitality as being part of a duty being but, part of a sense yeah, of entitlement I mean, like, but also do, do, like you have to do this because otherwise the, the economy will die you do this Pret's going to collapse then when you're going to get your coffee but yeah. we, don't, we don't yeah I mean like you're saying that like you know the price of everything is going up but like the one thing that absolutely isn't going up is wages I mean minimum wage is going to go up to £9.50 an hour and like that's still way too fucking little still especially fuck in places like London yeah. especially like especially you know like when you're going through like just like record I think any major city which, now, which is I like mean, the other thing, like, isn't it? Because yeah, like, we, we say we talk about London exceptionalism. I think it's yeah. definitely true, right? But you know, that's branched out to places like Brighton, Cambridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. bits of Bristol. Like you know, yeah. there's parts of Manchester now where people are saying that you know, effectively, the money that you used to have like doesn't go the same way that it used to because, and uh-huh. so much of this is because of like the, the exodus of like wealthier people from London who've gone like, oh, yeah. I'm going to get away from London, buy here, mm-hmm. the value goes yeah. up, and we're just yeah. we're we're creating this. We're going to. I mean, the 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 fractures in 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 and and the. I guess I don't even like what what you would say it was the the specific delineations between those who serve and those who get served. Yeah. Now is going to be so much more pronounced in the next six to eight months. What I was going to say is that like I've actually seen this shit before. Like, and and one of the reasons I wanted to move away from India is because India is like this, you know. Going out clubbing and that kind of stuff in a, in a, in a place like India is reserved for a very select handful of people, and that is that is increasingly what it's becoming over here. And and you know, there's going to be the people that actually serve you the drinks at the club, and then there's the actual clubbers themselves. You know, and it is uh, you know just just an increasingly sort of two tiered society, uh, like mm. we were sort of mentioning earlier. And uh, yeah, and like and and hospitality is like uh, yeah, like just. Really, like the place where that comes through. Well, we used to there was the whole thing about um long a long time ago. It was traditional in within hospitality industry to like you know if you worked on bank holidays, if you worked over Christmas, New Year's, whatever, you'd get one and a half times pay. Yeah, yeah. that is like an absolute fucking myth now. Like you even begin <laughs> to even float that idea. People look at you, be like, "Are you joking? Like, where, where do you think the money's going to come from?" But, and yeah. you and you kind of think in your mind like well the fact that you're open on bank holiday and you know more people are going to come in so you can afford to make less because you make more mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. like and the and the profit margin's gone up so the I mean the, the the small amount you end up paying on staff wages I mean obviously depending on the size of your venue and whatever but you know if you're if you were for example making twenty to thirty thousand pounds on a Saturday I can't imagine where we'd make that much money <laughs> um, and you had a body of say forty eight staff that work over the weekend say. Um, and there's on a Saturday 26 people that work and you're paying them all between 10 and 13 pounds an hour, depending on their various, you know, status within the company, you are still not even close to 
like encroaching on your profit margin if you were to say like yeah why don't we pay you an extra pound for the hours that you work after midnight mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think i think mm-hmm. i think there are i think weatherspoons might now or, or did or someone historically has paid more per hour after midnight mm-hmm. um and yeah, i think you know a... that's that's something that we need to try and return to like because yeah. on top of the fact that we don't even as, as an industry we don't like we, we we can't afford to go out the other thing is that, like when do i my weekend is a, is a like is a tuesday and a wednesday this week that's my yeah. weekend it's today yeah. and tomorrow and i've already done four hours of work today because i've had to i've had to like and other people you know like you spend if you're in precarious shift work maybe you spend four hours of that day trying to find another job or you're mm. trying to find a job that in an industry that you want to work in because you know that mm. hospitality isn't for you or isn't a permanent thing yeah. a because it treats you like shit and B, because it isn't what you want to do. And it is yeah. it is an industry that comprises itself of, you know, unoften, a, 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 I don't even know if you could call it like a professional underclass or, or I don't know what you would call it, but like a there's, there is a, a subsection within it of people who, you know, of actors, musicians, um, Artists, creatives, yeah. like all sorts of people that, you know, do other things that work in hospitality that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that make themselves up to it. I'm, I've worked for, with managers and people who are you know like in bands and part-time and you know there's i mean we've got a mutual acquaintance um who you know is part-time i say part-time like a head chef um and part-time a fucking like phd student and teacher like you know these 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 people are they're they're everywhere and you do this because it's the only he was also supposed to be on the pod today but unfortunately couldn't make it because Work. Because hospitality work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's unpredictable when you get called in. Sometimes it's... you don't, and you don't, you don't have a a choice over these things. And I think yeah. that we are, yeah. but you know, like we not only do the fact that yeah, like I was saying, like we don't, we don't have the chance to like, we don't have the ability to go out anymore. Mm. But we're also we don't we never get the chance to go out on a Friday or a Saturday. Mm. Or if you do, it's such a rarity that you then yeah, like yeah. and then you'll make you feel guilty about the fact that you don't have an availability on one day of a weekend <laughs> yeah. and like oh it's expected yeah. you work weekends like yeah cool that's fine can i have one off in six no yeah oh yeah, yeah you and, can and, uh, you, and can, like... you can do if you're willing to sacrifice you know maybe you'll get less hours next week but yeah but it's like on, on those weekend shifts you should get overtime past midnight because like, i got home like the other night at like quarter to five and we were meant to close at three <laughs> no i close at two but because like because yeah, yeah, yeah. a few people just strayed along like you yeah know, you had because like sometimes it's hard to shoo punters away when you know like one, even once you've rung the bell and you're not serving drinks but like we didn't yeah. get overtime like because we had to yeah. you know close other things you know we had to do all the toilet cleaning and the, the expectation of course out. is that like well yeah like i know you've had to work I mean, I don't know about you, but every single contract I've ever signed, I've basically had to say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to sign away my time, my my right to yeah. the EU working time directive or whatever the fuck mm. it was." Yeah. Like yeah. you need a certain amount of hours between closing, like finishing a shift and yeah. starting the next one. You agree to signing off on that, right? Because you know, like, hey, it's yeah. hospitality. We, we don't really need that yeah. in this industry, do we? Mm. And yeah. I remember the one time I challenged it, I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm not really sure I want to do that." Actually, and the guy looked at me, he was like, "Do you want a job here then?" And I was like, yeah, no, yeah, no, it's fine. Of course, of course, of course. Like, God, and that's, that, yeah. that's that power they wield over you. The yeah. moment, the moment you even begin to say, hmm, what are my rights as a, as a worker, as a human being that might want, you know, some stability, some sleep. Yeah. Like some, some ability to, to have a semblance of normality that 
I mean, I think is is denied. That that is what we often deny people in hospitality. Is not just like agency or uh, you know like autonomy or, or anything in in that respect. It's just like the basic standards of human living. Yeah. Because you're working for for often for shit wages. Mm. Often in shit in lots of people's lives, shit conditions. It's not like singular to hospitality in any means, well, of course, but like you know, shit conditions, shit pay, shit hours, and then like on on the, with the culmination of all those things, because your work is often either precarious or temporary, or your hours aren't guaranteed, you don't have the ability to kind of like get the best accommodation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you don't have the ability to kind of afford like the best, like you no, know, even just like a modicum of luxury outside of it. And often, all the excess money that you've got either goes into your own workplace because it's the only place you ever fucking socialize because you mm-hmm. don't get much of a chance to have friends outside of it, or it goes into like other hospitality industries where your mates work, like other venues. I mean, it's, it's not a surprise that like so many people who work in this industry have some major substance abuse issues, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like uh, because of the because amount you have to power of, through. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the kind of hours that you're that you're asked to work, the 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 type of work as well is very physical, repetitive work, and like you know, um, and and you're around alcohol, you know, like so, like it's really not a surprise that like so many people have like very serious substance abuse problems and mental health problems and and problems with burnout and things like that. And there's absolutely fuck all available in terms of support as well. I mean, like you know you'll probably get signed on to some sort of like as a box check box checking exercise like some sort of like employee assistance program or something and then yeah. like uh and well, we've done and our it's part just now. like yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and exactly aren't like, you glad you, for the you, signposting you... that you've received exactly like you you'll receive a card say oh yeah call this number and then like you'll receive what like uh you'll you'll get a phone call with someone uh and like that's it. Like you'll get like six six phone sessions or something like that. Like, and that like is that really supposed to help someone who's having like serious yeah. sort of long term issues? Whilst at the same uh, it's, time, it's often just like, like watching your employers. But also, you you watch your employers run up their tabs, and then they go like, "Oh, well, that just mm. gets cancelled off at the end of the night, doesn't it?" Yeah, yeah. And you're like, "Can I cancel mine off? No, anyone? Yeah, mm. no, no, yeah, no." Yeah, it's like I I think this is this is. It's a it's a fact of customer service, right? And I think like one of the things I think I would really like to try and it's not a plug in a sense, but like I would really like to encourage people to think about is the kind of inter and intra industrial solidarity we have to have. Like it's so easy. Mm. Every time I go to a pub, every time I go to a bar, a cafe, whatever, like I always feel like some a, sen- a keen sense of affinity, right, with the people yeah. working because I'm like I get this. Yeah. Whenever like ever ever like I I'm, I mean I say this, I remember literally getting glass in like a fucking plate of food I had once. And being like, I took it back. And instead of kicking off a massive fuss, I went back and was like, I'm really sorry, by the way, guys. That's such a problem with the dish. And I explained. And they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, I was like, it's fine. I was like, obviously, this is really bad. This stuff happens. Yeah. But like, if I blow up in front of a load of customers, you might lose your job. I've got no idea if you like your job precarious. So what yeah. I did was I, was, I was like, it's fine. I was like, there's, I was like, obviously, you guys need to like, you need to know about the problem. And, and that's what it is. But the same is, this is true about yeah. lots of things, right? Like, Every single time that hospitality workers go out, if it's a big problem, it's always a question of like, oh, mate, don't worry. I do this every day. It's fine. Like, yeah, yeah like shit yeah. happens. And yet and, people kind of, yeah. and people expect you to be like, oh, shouldn't you be kicking off at them? You know the standards. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I know the standards. And I know that mistakes happen. And yeah, it's shit. 
and often you know mm. some things happen are dangerous are really bad but half the time oh. the reason those things happen is because people are overworked underslept yeah. mm-hmm. underpaid <laughs> and often yeah, and, and, and they're just not paid enough to give a shit people like, are gonna cut corners when they're not paid enough to sleep de- sleep deprived yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah so, sometimes it's something as simple as that when you're sleep deprived yeah. like you may not be as aware and like you know, mm. sorry, I accidentally yeah. dropped a like. You know, I dropped a knife on your on your on your pristine trousers, like with a stain, and now you've got a stain of gravy on them. Like, how can yeah. I possibly make it up to you, sir? As opposed to being like, oh, you know what, mate? Yeah, spare trousers, it's fine. It's a stain. Like, yeah, I probably like it's, that person's it... probably going to have three glasses of wine anyway. Accidentally tip half it over themselves and get into an argument with their best mate about who's who's like paying for more cocaine that evening. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a general sort of advice to everyone, I guess. Treat your hospitality work as well. <laughs> yeah, don't treat them like shit. Like, even if something tip, like fucks tip, up, like there's tip, a nice way tip, to handle tip it. Tip whenever you can. Uh, yeah. If you have the ability uh, to but, tip, you always should. Yeah. Yes. Because effectively, uh, the people that most of the time, the people that you are who are serving you, are do not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not earning a massive wage. Um. And they are also like almost certainly always dealing with some other bullshit in their life. <laughs> yeah. And and in pubs, obviously, like because it's not as much of a, a tipping uh, culture. A, a, a tipping culture over here as in the States, for example. But uh if you want, like um offer to buy some drink. Especially if it's cashless, especially if it's cashless, yeah, either buy either buy them a drink, uh or or if you have any cash at hand, give a cash tip. Yeah, put it in their pocket. Like, I mean, not li- directly in their pocket, like that person you were talking about. That's horrible. But uh, just, 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 yeah, give them a fiver or whatever. Like, <laughs> um, in the words of a yes. nasty, gigantic, con- like corporate shopping chain, every little helps. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it might be good to sort of round things off as well. I don't know. I feel like we've probably covered quite a few things uh yeah i think just yeah like it is ultimately like you know the easy answer is it is capitalism right and like this industry like any other exists within this whole capitalist framework where everyone is fucking exploited and you know it is obviously going to take every opportunity that it can to fucking cut corners and shaft its workers and that's just like keeps on happening but um, but there are at the same time there are people yeah, yeah, there are there are some solutions, and there are people pushing back. There's, you know, unionizing efforts going on. Friend of the show, uh, Amadeep, um, has obviously been involved with a lot of good work regarding that as well. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, like um, um, even other than that as well, you know, there is. I I feel like at least you know, like since. I feel like maybe people more more people are having these conversations now, you know, like since COVID, uh, about like the actual value of this work, um, you know, yeah. because I think it's just like come into sharper relief than like, and at least in a long time, uh, and and it's good that people are having these conversations. Mm. Well, it's like how I don't know if it's as big in the UK as it is in the US, but like how the US had like the mass resignation and stuff, people just leave the job. If, like, mm. it's not doing anything for them. Like, yeah, there is a mm. huge risk with that. But, like, a lot of people mm. are just like, why the fuck am I going to do this if I'm treated like shit? Like, yeah, I think, I think like, since it's... the pandemic, a lot of people have that mindset now. Like, well, you clearly don't give a shit about my health or my rights. I'm fucking leaving, you know, it's that kind of. Mm. 
And I think it's the onus is like the onus is on us as 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 a, as a collective, like of you know, if you work in these spaces and you see someone doing something they shouldn't be doing, talk to your colleagues. If you see someone being abusive to another member of staff, to a customer, if you see someone or hear someone saying something, whether it's racist, sexist, you know, whether it's homophobic, whether it's transphobic, whether these people are like you know, whether it's just flat out bullying. Talk yeah. to your colleagues. Discuss about the fact that you feel unhappy. Get enough of them on board, and 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 raise this as a collective issue. And say we're no longer comfortable working in an environment that does this. We have to we have to exercise collective power, both within specific workplaces, and within the wider industry. Right? Like there is there is a growing movement, and I'm not like you know I'm I'm not like saying it's you know like gonna fucking be world changing in the next six weeks. But there is a growing movement of dissatisfaction. Workers have way more power than they think they do. Mm. And what we have to start doing is we have to, it's not just speaking out, but we have to start taking action. It's been proved that it can work. We know that it can work. But what it requires, unfortunately, is further sacrifices on our part to work as a collective within our own workspaces and into, like, you know, as I said earlier, like both inter and intra industrially. Support every, every workplace struggle you see. Whether or like every, you know, it requires us to go to, to picket lines. It requires us to go to, you know, demonstrations for, you know, housing evictions, all of this stuff. We have to try and build a sense of collective and class solidarity against all forms of oppression. Because effectively, you now we're, we're being oppressed by landlords and employers uh, and the government, the state, all of it. And if we can get people to realize and get, get, you know, allow each other to, to reach a moment of consciousness where we go, none of this is okay. Because I don't think anyone that ever works in hospitality ever thinks they've got a great time of it. And if they do, mm-hmm. I would love to meet them and introduce them to anyone <laughs> I know. You know, we have to, we've, we've, we've got to try and do that. There are, you know, there are union movements out there. There are smaller unions. There are bigger unions. There are al- almost always smaller groups within your, within your local area within your city, within your town, within your, you know, within your county, there are people online, there are communities you can talk to, like, I don't know about you, like, I've, I've had probably in the realm of like over 100 people in the last two years message me, like, some people I knew, some people I didn't asking me for advice, like, there are people online that will happily facilitate and work with you to broaden your ability and strengthen your ability to speak out about things and, and to get shit done. Um, Mm-hmm. there's you know listening even just listening to this podcast i mean you know um, i i'd love to think that if you listen to this and you work in an in, in environment in, in an hospitality environment and you think some of your co-workers might be slightly receptive to some of these ideas share it with them share some resources that you already know about just like a little soft nudge silly little memes about how the customer is always wrong and like <laughs> haha wouldn't it be funny if we joined a union that, that those little <laughs> moments of of solidarity can go a long way build a group chat without your managers mm. um you have a work group chat almost all people have one make another one without anyone in management on it yeah mm-hmm. and talk yeah. and 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 talk and talk amongst yourselves about the problems you face at work or make a group chat without some of the employees who are a bit too close to management <laughs> <laughs> yeah without managers the teacher, and their sympathizers yeah. Without the teacher's pets. Yeah. Because yeah. there is solidarity, the, 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 but you always do get the odd the, the scab and monitors. teacher's pet. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that, that's, that's something that, you know, this, this is like practical advice to people because mm. you suddenly begin to go like, oh, I'm not the only person that's noticed that so-and-so is a bit of a bell end or 
I'm not the only person that's like a bit worried about the fact that my Saturday yeah. hours are always getting cut back or that I'm working too long on, on Friday nights. Or yeah. the fact that, and know, chances like... are there are more than like there are more people at the workplace who feel the same way. That's mm. the thing. You know, it's just about having having that chat sometimes, you know. And I think like that first step is oftentimes quite intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah. like, it doesn't even have to be immediately jumping into praxis. It's like at the end of my last shift on um, Saturday night, like, me and my coworker, like, you know, they had never mentioned anything close to it, but, like, we were talking and, like, they said, yeah, you know, hospitality is bullshit, you know, like, and we yeah. were just talking because we had a horrible shift and we were, like, past, mm -hmm. like, 45 minutes past overtime being there. And it was just a yeah. simple conversation like that. And it's like, okay, well, that could probably expand and so on, you know. Like, it lays the seeds very simply, you know. It's not, not yeah. always going to be instantaneous, but, like, mm. the more and more conversations you have and the more you build trust. Yeah, you know, it's, that's when... it's, it's about those, those conversations are always, that's, that's the building blocks that we build. Mm. You know, that's the building blocks. That's the foundation on which we, you know, like, mm -hmm. begin to create those that ability to to like to, mm. to to affect change in in one workplace mm. in in broader workplaces you know like the spoons workers who went on strike like there yeah. were two branches that did it but that's two branches more than there were five years ago the people exactly. in the antique the antique pub company that went on strike there were i think two branches like two out of the like the at the time like something like 30 pubs in london that was a small thing but it happened there was stuff at tgi fridays at one point the people mm. in the the strike like it's small numbers over here but it's growing there is a growing yeah. movement and i guess like i just want to encourage people to to feel like they have more of a voice they have more of a power you know whether you are like i think especially also for like for women and anyone of like marginalized genders uh people you know if you feel like you know people who, who like what not people who aren't white at work like definitely talk to your are like other colleagues about how you feel that your your experience of racism is affecting you in the workplace sometimes people will have not realized and they should do but you will find like you know and if you're white and you notice something or if you're you know you're, you 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 see a colleague experience racism you should talk to other people about how it's not okay make that colleague that's experienced it know that you don't think it's okay and support them and say that you will support them in whatever action they want to take within the company you know this it's it's important that like people feel like they're supported by their mm -hmm. co-workers by their co by you know, like, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. colleagues and co-workers should be comrades as well as much of a fucking shitty take as it might be or sound like it's not mm -hmm. meant to be a pithy statement but you know like we're supposed to back each other up yeah 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 i mean it's what's what's kind of really sad is like how often people don't feel supported in these kinds of environments by their co-workers that's the thing so yeah um but yeah i mean i think there's yeah, like I said, I feel like we've probably covered quite a few bases, and uh, yeah, just it's been uh, really great today. Thanks, thanks a lot for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, um, did you have any plugs or any shout outs or any social media before we go? Um, I'm not really fussed about me, but I think the main things I would say to try and follow would be like if you're online, if you're on Twitter, um, Unite the Union is I'm both a member of the IWW and Unite. So the IWW are obviously just the IWW. There's local branches in most places. But Unite Hospitality has like quite an extensive branch, like reach across the rest of the across the country, um, which is, you know, fair hospitality online. Um, there's been some amazing campaigns that they've run. Um, 
up in Sheffield. I know that there's a campaign, you know, called Sheffield Needs a Pay Rise. Um, there's been some amazing campaigns up in Glasgow and Scotland generally um, called Safe Home about making sure that workers who get home late get paid taxis to get home safe. I think especially mm-hmm. in the wake of everything that's happened in the last two years and with mm-hmm. gendered violence and stuff like that kind of stuff is equally of importance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's I mean, I'm, I'm sure I can, you, you guys can drop on the show notes. Um, some links that I'll send across to, to stuff they've found. That's what I was going to say. If you want to send some links across, we'll be very happy to share them. So yeah, please yeah. do. That would be that'd be really great. Um, but yeah, um, cheers. Huge thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, like like I was saying. Uh, yeah, just a huge thanks for coming on for sharing all your experience with us and uh, and uh, yeah, long time uh, listener, first time caller. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's <laughs> no, it's it, it's been great, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've been wanting to have you on for a long time, so it's glad that we finally made it happen. So, yeah, next time uh, we'll get our mutual friend on as well, <laughs> but uh, we will make it happen. There's space for happen. a, a larger yeah. discourse, you know. The the leftovers, <laughs> maybe leftovers will have um, we can have a desk at the historical materialism conference. Um, <laughs> one day goals hashtag goals you could just literally just exactly. call it the shit like shit posters anonymous i don't know <laughs> if you the are another shit poster in hospitality i am ferment exactly. the rich uh on <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say um but yeah as as always i'm arjan at arjanistan on twitter and I'm Connor at oh, my pee pee her on Twitter. <laughs> uh, undefeated at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, we are at leftoverpod uh, on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash leftoverpod as well. Our Patreon episode is just, will have dropped uh, by the time this has come out. So, yeah, really apologies for the last couple of weeks, but uh, we are getting back on track and we've got some really great stuff lined up as well. I'm very excited to share with you. Um, and and uh, yeah, massive thanks to all of our supporters on on Patreon as well. And if you like what we do and um, and 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 have thought about helping, want to help, please do. It does help a lot as well. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I yeah, massive thanks to to Claudia for the music. Thanks to Connor for the production. And uh, yeah, thanks to all of you for listening. We'll catch you all next time. Cheers. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world Closing time Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay here I know Jackets